No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the third Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that the Lord shows Moses the promised land before he dies, and then he buries his servant. We hope you'll join us now as Pastor Daryl continues in Deuteronomy chapter 34 on Simply the Bible. Having completed all the work the Lord gave him to do, it was time for Moses to be gathered to his fathers. We pick it up in Deuteronomy chapter 34, the last chapter of the five books of Moses. Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, which is across from Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land of Gilead as far as Dan, all Naphtali and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea, the south, and the plain of the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land of which I swore to give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I have caused you to see it with your eyes, but you shall not cross over there. Moses obeyed the Lord right till the end. He knew that he was ascending Mount Nebo to die. And he didn't hesitate to go. He was ready to meet God. The Hebrew word, Pisgah, means ridge. So this could also be translated, Moses went up to Mount Nebo to the summit of the ridge. Mount Nebo is east of the north end of the Dead Sea, about 10 miles from where the Jordan River enters the Dead Sea. From the top of the mountain, Moses saw the vast panorama of the land God was giving to Israel. The places are listed as they would appear to an observer facing north and following the horizon westward and down and then to the south. Gilead was north of Mount Nebo and east of the Jordan River. Naphtali's territory was northwest. Ephraim and Manasseh were west of this in the hill country of the Jordan. And Judah's territory was southwest beyond the Dead Sea with the Mediterranean westward beyond that. The south or the Negev was south of Judah. Moses could see all of the land from afar off, but he couldn't enter it because he and Aaron had sinned against the Lord at the waters of Meribah, where he misrepresented God before the people. You know, there are times when God shows us things afar off, but it may be many, many, many years before they come to pass. God gave Joseph dreams when he was 17 years old but it would be 22 years before they would happen. Faith means seeing things afar off and believing in them with the same certainty as though they've already happened. That's what it says in Hebrews 11.1, that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That is the faith that pleases God and receives the blessing. However, with Moses, he could see it from afar off, but he wouldn't be able to participate in it. Nevertheless, it was merciful of God to allow Moses to view this land of milk and honey for which he had labored for the last 40 years of his life. 
And this was the last thing he saw before he breathed his last. Verse 5. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. But no one knows his grave to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim, nor his natural vigor diminished. And the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. So the days of weeping and mourning for Moses ended. At his death, Moses is identified as the servant of the Lord. Even though he sinned by failing to honor the Lord at Meribah, there was no changing the fact that he was still the servant of the Lord. As David wrote in Psalm 32, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. Moses, by faith, looked forward to the cross of Jesus Christ, where the blood would atone for his sin. We look back to the cross for the same reason. As the servant of the Lord, Moses finished well. And that reminds me of what Jesus prayed in John chapter 17, verse 4. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. I also think of what the Apostle Paul wrote in his second letter to Timothy shortly before he died. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. There's nothing better a servant of the Lord can aspire to than to complete the work of God for him or her and to finish well. Certainly, Moses finished well. Now, Moses' burial was very unusual. The Lord buried him in a valley in Moab, but no one knows where. No doubt the people had such a propensity to idolatry that if they had known where Moses was buried, they would have built a shrine and it would have been a stumbling block to them. Now, we discover from the book of Jude that Michael the archangel was involved in this. In fact, he was probably the one who buried Moses. Jude 9 says, Yet Michael the archangel in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Evidently, Satan disputed with Michael over the body of Moses. We don't know what the argument was about. All we know is that Michael would not dare bring a slanderous accusation against Satan, but simply said, The Lord rebuke you. If Michael put the Lord between he and Satan, then how much more should we? Therefore, if the devil starts knocking at your door, you say, Jesus, it's for you. Even though Moses was 120 years old, he still had good eyesight and vigor. God gave Moses good health all the way till his dying day. All Israel then mourned and wept for Moses for 30 days. 
which seems to have been the standard time of weeping, for it was the same number of days that they had mourned for Aaron. Verse 9, Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. Now, when God does something, he does it right, and he works the problem from all ends. God knew that he was going to gather Moses to his fathers, and so he had Moses inaugurate Joshua and charge him to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. So everything was prepared. Joshua was prepared. He had been anointed and ready to go. And now he was just waiting in the wings for the opportunity to take the reins of leadership as God had raised him up for this moment. And therefore, the people, they knew it was right, and they followed Joshua just as they had followed Moses. It's just beautiful when the Lord takes care of a transition and a succession of leadership in this way. Verse 10, But since then there has not arisen in Israel a prophet like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face in all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt before Pharaoh, before all his servants, and in all his land. And by all that mighty power and all the great terror which Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. Surely there was never anybody like Moses. He's called a prophet here, but it says that the Lord knew him face to face. And that's what the Lord had said of Moses. He said, you know, most prophets, I will speak to them in a dream or a vision, but not Moses. He's unlike anybody else with him. I speak face-to-face like a man speaking with his friend. And what other person did God use like Moses in doing such amazing signs and wonders and plagues before Pharaoh and Egypt? No wonder he is the man that God chose to write the first five books of the Bible known as the Torah or the Pentateuch. But Moses had written of yet another prophet that would come after him and You'll recall, he said, when that prophet comes that the Lord will raise up, the people were to give their allegiance to him and listen to him, even as they had listened to Moses. And of course, Moses was speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. Moses had been faithful to serve the Lord as a servant in God's house, but Jesus was faithful as a son. Therefore, he is the one to whom we give our allegiance now. As John said in his gospel, the law came with Moses, but grace and truth come with Jesus Christ. And it is interesting that Moses, representing the law, could bring the people to the promised land. He could look at the promised land, but he couldn't go into it. Even so, the law can bring us to that promised land of a life in God, a life of victory in the Lord but it can't bring us into it. All it can do is show us where we fall short of it. It can lead us to Jesus Christ as our only hope, as our only salvation that can bring us into the rest of the promised land. 
And that is what we find in Jesus Christ. He has accomplished the work of God on our behalf for our salvation so that we, through him, can enter into the the land of milk and honey, as it were, the promised land of resting in the Lord in the finished work of our salvation and having victory through a walk in the Spirit. Have you entered into this rest? You recall that when the people came to Jesus and they said, what must we do to do the works that God has required? And Jesus said, this is the work of God that you believe in the one whom he has sent. And that is the most important thing any of us could do so that we may also enter into the rest that God has prepared for those who love him. And with that, we conclude the book of Deuteronomy, the books of Moses, and join us tomorrow as we begin the book of Joshua. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where the Lord charges Joshua to lead the people and to be strong and courageous. God promises to be with him as he was with Moses. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Deuteronomy on Simply the Bible.